Chuck and Julie, bringing you the truth straight up. I'm Julie Hayden. I'm working at- an Emmy-winning former investigative reporter, a highly successful trial attorney, and publisher of a major Denver area newspaper. They've been partners as talk show hosts and in marriage as parents for over 10 years, providing thought-provoking information, opinion, and entertainment live, local, and interactive. Everyone's voice is always welcome on the Chuck and Julie Show. Well, hello, everybody. I had surgery uh, early in the morning, so we got my bad, bad hair hat on. <laughs> Just a minor thing, though. Just He's fine. Minor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, they cut off his arm. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, well, parts of it. <laughs> uh, Chuck Bonneville, Julie Hayden, two straight up, brought to you by? By AmericaCitizenPress.com and Denver Cynogenics and Dr. Julie McAllen. All right. Um, amazingly, finally, after six weeks, the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial came in. Justice for Johnny. He got awarded $15,350,000. It had to be cut down because of limits on on um, punitive damages. So he got he got ten million three hundred fifty. She got two million. Apparently, the jury had awarded her nothing uh, at first. Just didn't fill it in. And then after they told him you can't do that, you got to fill in one. They gave her two million. So he netted out eight million three fifty, which is about his divorce. Uh, settlement plus interest, uh, but he get he gets his life again. Um, all those people who have been hating on Amber Heard, which includes everybody who saw the show, um, uh, she's got to appear in Cruella Deville or something because it's just <laughs> she's become the face of, of feminine evil. We will um, get to that though in a few minutes. So just because I know people wanted to hear what we thought about yep. that, we also have Mark Poff talk about the shooting in Texas coming up at three thirty. But, but before all of that, before of all of that, that's right. We're pleased to have with the CD seven congressional candidate, Republican congressional primary candidate Eric Odlin. Hey, Eric, welcome back to the show once again. Glad to be back, Chuck and Julie. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So let me, the ballots, the primary is the 28th and the ballots drop what next week or pretty quick here, right? They go out on the 6th of June and everyone should start receiving them probably by the end of next week, early the following week. Okay. All right. All right. And then I guess let me kind of open-ended uh, ask you just how's the campaign going? I think it's going extremely well. So I won the assembly with 63%, making me top line on the ballot. We are out and about all over District 7. I, I feel like I'm the front runner. I mean, it, in absence of, of formal polling, we had internal data that suggests that. We just are sticking to our own strategy, driving to the finish line. And I want to let people know, just in fairness, too, we are going to have just, you know, Laurel Eimer is going to be on the show on Monday. Um, we try to keep And if Tim wants to be on the show, he can be on the show, too. Um, you know, what are, I, I always like to ask you guys this in terms of the kinds of things that people are hearing. I mean, the economy was bad when you started your campaign. It's only gotten worse and, and no indication that it's going to get better. Um, what, um, what, are people, what are people talking to you about? What are you hearing out there? Usually around all of District 7, given that it's not just, it's not predominated by conservatives. There's a lot of independent voters, 44%. I would say that's what most Coloradans, most constituents in District 7 are feeling the direct impact, uh, whether that's the price of gasoline, because we've destroyed our energy independence and we have an insane energy policy at this point that is hurting everybody and is having second and third order effects. Or just the, the, the out-of-control inflation that's a direct result of spending in Congress. So 
that's that's top of the concern. Uh, conservatives are very concerned about immigration policy and and the porous southern border, how that's impacting crime, how that is uh, making a further drain on our economic resources and you know cartels and terrorist elements. There's a lot of concerns about the border. Uh, you know, we have all kinds of concerns, whether it's crime along the front range, the national security issues around the globe that that are uh, emboldened by by the weakness of the Biden administration. The now the assault on our Second Amendment rights that is predicated by this very tragic shooting in Uvalde. There, everything is going wrong, <laughs> and I think your audience probably recognizes that. Well, you know, I see in all the the lists of uh, possible swing districts, uh, seven makes makes a lot of them as a potential Republican pickup, um, but probably not quite as much as some, but more than others. What do you get in the feeling about Biden's incredible unpopularity, including in Colorado? I think he's got thirty five percent approval in in uh, Civquis, um, and and the whole question of how much. How much of a red wave is going to happen in Colorado this year? I think there are significant opportunities to pick up seats in Colorado and around the nation, but we can't rest on our laurels. We can't expect that even though Biden is pulling underwater, I think he's a 56% unapproval rate in Colorado, which is stunning for a Democrat president. Uh, but we, we are still going to be uh, up against a tough fight, both in District 7, District 8. We'll retain 3, 4, and 5. But we have an opportunity to pick up two congressional seats if we have the right candidates and we play our cards right and we stick to the issues that matter to our respective districts in Colorado. It's not going to be easy. And, pe- and, and Republicans need to get out and vote. My hope is that... Democrats who would never vote for Republican will just stay home because they they've given up on the Democrats as well. Well, it, it, it was interesting um, in our you know we're in CD eight now, um, and Peg Prost, who was down in El Paso, was talking about all the efforts made in that congressional district to go to old age homes uh, because the Democrats go out there um, and they pick up ninety nine percent of the votes. Uh, a lot of the people are senile. Um, the managers get paid. Um, are you making any efforts to have people? You have to go out now because this is when they're going Yeah, the ballots out. drop. Well, it's none of the ballots, but they're already at the old age homes. Are you doing that in the 7th District? We are connecting with, with uh, senior living centers. We're we're connecting with, with voters all over the district, not just Republicans. So that, for the primary, that's our predominant focus. But in the general election... Uh, you know, there'll there'll be a much more expansive effort to get independence and even even those on the left who are ready for a change. But but in the primary, the, I mean, there's, how about this the tertiary stage of senility voters? <laughs> but not doing anything. People laugh, but up in Wisconsin, well, the Democrats do it. I know Wisconsin. I know. They they picked up thousands of votes from old age centers. A lot of the people were literally. Um, couldn't even talk anymore. Although they're under criminal they're, investigation now, so well, not, it's not a good idea. Well, that's, what do you mean it's a good, not well, a good I mean, idea. We, they win and we, we we've lose. Got, we've got to be much smarter and much more vigilant in these elections. We know that the left is going to win by hook or by crook. They'll do whatever it takes, uh, even undermining the election system and, and attacking it and censoring it all 
shenanigans we saw in 2020. So we, we have to use uh, similar tactics without compromising our principles. And we've got to outwork the left. We've got to, and we have to have people involved in the election process. I mean, Republicans need to take ownership, be poll watchers, adjudicators, get out there. Right. Observers and just not feed this system. You know, it's interesting. I saw it, it must be working because Politico is doing an attack article about the Republican effort to be poll watchers. Like, oh, like they would never do that, right? They're like, oh, Republicans, we've obtained secret audio tapes of Republicans telling people to sign up and be a poll watcher. It's like, seriously, give me a freaking <laughs> break. But I mean, they must be scared, right? It must be working. And I know at, at where we are, they're doing a great job in Adams County. I get an email a day and I want to. Yeah, but that, that's not a great job of going into old age homes. It's not collecting balance. It's not the, the, the Republicans love camp. You know, one one really bright person told me Republicans love campaigns. They love campaigning. They love going out for, let's say, the Commerce City Memorial thing. They are not good at election process. They don't know how election process. They're not good at collecting ballots. They're not good at the ins and outs. Um, and there's almost no one in the Republican Party um, who's ever harvest a ballot in their life. And I have to say, I'll give John Caldera credit. He said, unless you pick up, start harvesting some ballots, you'll never win. Um, and I'm afraid that's true. And I'm afraid the Republicans will fail again this time. Oh, we're not afraid. We're not afraid, Jack. Uh, well, you ought, to, you ought to be smart then. You better go do it. I saw a uh, surprise. I, I got one from your campaign showing you've been endorsed by Eli Bremer. Um, that, 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 that will lose you a lot of votes, I'm afraid. There's no one who's hated by the base more than Eli Bremer who got 13%. So I, I would hide that endorsement uh, under a table. Well, you. Chuck, I'm wide range of people. I mean, I have more, I, I have a significant range of endorsements from all over the state and the country. And that exemplifies uh, how people are coming into my corner. There, I mean, e- Eli demonstrated pretty strong support relative to some of the other candidates and building coalitions, because that's what we have to do as Republicans. If we don't come together, we'll lose elections and we'll never make a difference in Washington. So, I'm looking for allies. I don't have to necessarily agree with somebody on every position, but at the end, because at the end of the day, I'm the one on the ballot. People need to assess my character and my positions, and I don't hide my positions. They're on my website. I've been on, I think, 50 radio shows this year alone. I, I have a lot of videos. Assess who I am. And who, 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 are some day, your, we, who, who are some of your endorsers from the grassroots in Colorado? Grassroots. Um, you know who those people are? <laughs> he does, Chuck. I, I'm a grassroots candidate, Chuck, because I don't, I don't have millions of dollars. I'm, I'm not a millionaire. I, I put a lot of my money into this race. I won the assembly. Yeah, sixty-three percent. That's, that's impressive. That's, that's yes. impressive. But who, who do you have so, endorsements from the grassroots? What, what grassroots people do you have endorsements from? I'm thinking of bringing up my list. Uh, you, who? Give me an example of, of who you consider a grassroots person. Uh, Tom Tancredo. Well, Tom Tancredo did endorse me in the Senate race, but he'd already endorsed Laurel and he stuck with his guns. Ah. I I respect him for that. Uh, but I, I have, uh, you know, a wide range. I've got Nugent. It's a better grassroots endorsement than that. 
Yeah. There you go. All right. That's hey, good. and real quick, just to clarify, Dr. Donna is asking us who are the other candidates. In fairness, like I said, Laurel Eimer um, um, is running and also Tim Reichert. Um, Laurel and Eric went the assembly route. As Eric said, you got 63%. Reichert, I think, is largely self-funded um, and it went the petition route. Um, and, I, you know, let me. And we just yeah, gotta, you know, I, I know you tried to get on. I'm, I'm bringing up my endorsement because I can't remember. <laughs> I, I, I can. That's well, okay. I, I, yeah, that's don't okay. worry about it. I'm sure it's on your website, right? You said, yeah, you, I you think got it, them all. to be honest, it says something that Tom Tancredo, because I totally understand where he's coming from. He'd already endorsed Laurel and you don't want to take that back. Um, and, um, but he was endorsing. How, how's your, can, how's your funding going? That's always so uh, challenging for Republicans and Democrats. It's so easy and Republicans. It's so tough. Well, it's a challenge for somebody with no political. I never came to this race with political connections. I don't have a wealthy family. I don't have wealthy connections. And every every dollar I've earned has been through a significant amount of hard work. I've made over 2,500 calls in the last couple of months. That that is significant work, cold calling people (laughs) and asking for money, which is not, not something I enjoy or not necessarily my strong suit. I think, uh, especially veterans have a hard time asking for money. But uh, we've we've raised over four hundred thousand dollars. That's good. Now That's it's been lot. over a breadth of time, and we're we're highly competitive. You're going to see we're, we're up on Fox News this week. Uh, we're, you're going to be seeing a lot of material come out uh, from this campaign, and we're we're reaching out to people, but. I don't know if anybody's outworked me in this race. I'm everywhere. Somebody, uh, one of my competitors who's now not in the race, comment, asked me if I have a helicopter because I, I am uh, all over this district, uh, just grassroots campaigning. Right. And somebody else was asking, hey, are we going to ask the same questions of Laurel? And the answer was yes. We pretty much asked the same kind of questions. We always ask questions. Now, now, you know, we always like to have questions because that shows you how good the candidate is. So you don't technically live in the district, right? I live in the district. I thought you didn't live in CD7. I thought you lived I li- outside. I live in Pine. I live in in the heart of the district. Ah, so okay. fake news. Fake, fake news, news rumors fake are news. out there. Right. Okay, yeah. Well, there you go. Um, there you go. Well, I'm that- in Jefferson County. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of people who lie out there. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, true. Well, let me, have you been – let me um, – because we talked to you early in the campaign, and, and again, you've always answered all of our questions yeah, straight up. Yes, you've great been great. It. You've been great. And um, has it been? I wanna, I, can, oh, sorry. Can I answer some? Some uh, go back to the endorsement. Sure. Real quick, because now <laughs> I'm looking at them and I'm recalling. Got, I'm, okay. I'm endorsed by by the sheriff of Fremont County, sheriff of Teller County, the county commissioners of Teller County. I've got several other county commissioners who've endorsed me. I've got, if you look, you know, go to my website, look at my long list of endorsements. One of the most recent ones, I was endorsed by Save America Military Pact, who's started by Matt Lohmeyer. Some of you may have heard of him. He's Lieutenant Colonel Space Force uh, Commander who was relieved for writing the books on Marxism. But if you look at my list of endorsements, I've got a 
a good range of uh, both national level leaders, statewide leaders, and grassroots uh, individuals. So yeah, there you go, great. Chuck. Sorry, I couldn't let Okay, that uh, you answered that question well, fully and completely. Final <laughs> open-ended, where, if people want to find out more, if, because because now is when you really need help, where, where both financially, both, yeah, where can people send your money, where can they volunteer, um, and where can they find out more about your positions and your endorsements? <laughs> My website's the best place to start. It's Odland, A-A-D-L-A-N-D-F-O-R, Colorado.com, Odland for Colorado.com. My endorsements are on there. My positions are on there, videos, radio interviews. You can clearly understand who I am from my website. All right, all right. Great. Eric, Great. thank you. Love talking to you and wish you all the best. Thank you. You're, right. you're, you're taking some shots at me, Chuck. <laughs> oh, I always do. That's that's our two straight up. You know, and this is the good part about candidates, candidates who can respond. Anybody can answer a fluffball question. And and when you ask a, a little tougher questions, the, the best comes out of people and the best comes out of you uh, in those. So that's that's when you find out, hey, this is somebody um, who, who can because uh, if you go to once you're against Brittany Pedersen, you're going to get plenty of tough questions. <laughs> and he does the same thing to me and I'm his wife, yeah, Eric. Really. So, so, yeah. <laughs> I'm used to it. I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for it. Like All right, right, sir. Thank you. Best of luck, Eric. All right. Okay. Thank you, thank sir. You. All right. Let me All real right. quick see any comments here. Um, I, I kind of agree with Dr. Don on, on this, that I mentioned in a chat that endorsements are not what many people believe them to be. And then Charlene, no softballs on this show. Thank goodness. That's right. Well, and I, I'm going to give Eric this. I mean, every time he's come on, we've asked him questions and he gives you the answer and we may not like it or we may like it and somebody else may not. I mean, well, but that's the, that he gives you the there, answer. There, there's no point in having a hundred percent softball questions and we don't have them for Laurel Imer either. And, yeah. and we like her and we like, like Eric, but, but, uh, you know, if all you're going to hear are just the problem answers, you, you know, just go to the website and you never have to worry anybody. Um, but I thought he, you know, he, he did a good job. He, he does a good he job a good as job. always. That's right. Um, real quick. I say with that Mark Puff, we're going to get to him in about 10 minutes here to talk about the, um, Uvalde shooting, but wanted to Chuck has been his obsession, the debt trial. Um, so- I'm not sure what I'm going to do at seven o'clock in the morning. Oh, I can think of some things. But it's, it's been a fascinating trial and it's, it's well, you're, so the verdict was now don't pay any attention. CNN would have you believe the verdict was split, that they both won. They both lost. Not true at all. It's clear from the verdict that the jurors overwhelmingly believed Johnny Depp and they overwhelmingly believe that Amber Heard was lying about everything. They did not believe in the physical, sexual, any kind of, they didn't believe there's really any kind of abuse there. Well, unless, unless you go with somebody yelling at each other, which means there's no married couple in the world that isn't. But even that, there was no defamation. I mean, there was nothing. They, they found that that he, that she defamed him and that they gave substantial, it was a $10 million and then $5 million punitive, in punitive damages. Only gets yeah, the losses, he can't do that. So, And then what they did is um, they gave her, she had countersued saying that a statement that his publicist made three different statements defamed her. And they found that she was defamed. And one of the statements his publicist made about essentially the publicist claimed that she faked a, a 911 domestic violence call. Um, and I read that and tell me what you think, Chuck. And they only gave her $2 million and then zero punitive. I'm thinking they didn't want to give her anything. Well, they, clearly they, 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 not filled that out 
Um, and, and then, then the judge then sent, they him back. sent him back and then all the, just to get it over with, I think he said, okay, 2 million. That's and fair. I read that as perhaps some sort of a compromise verdict that there yeah. might've been at least one juror in there yeah. who was saying, look, I don't believe Amber Heard, um, but I don't want to totally throw. Yes. Yeah. T- t- trash her. So why don't we just find this one little claim? I mean, that's how I read that. Mm-hmm. And I think that mainstream media who has been, what this has really shown is what a difference it makes when you can actually see the trial as opposed to reading it through the eyes of the corporate media, because right. through the eyes of the corporate media, Amber Heard won. And right. this is a shocking, you know, Amber Heard's rights as a woman have been, I guess she doesn't Violated. believe in jury rights either, mm-hmm. just some rights Amber Heard likes. So what she says, it's, it's a loss for First Amendment as if defaming people is a good idea when, and totally making up charges, which she Clearly did. I believe the jury certainly believed that. I think it's also pretty damning of the Washington Post and the ACLU who wrote and published the right. editorial, or the column, while they're even checking. Just, I mean, and hopefully this is the beginning of the end of the movement where some woman um, can, or anyone could just stand up and say, oh, this man abused me and he's a white guy and he's powerful. Therefore, everyone must believe me and I'm the victim here and I get my own TV show and I get to be an actress and I get to have editorials. I mean, and hopefully now men... Um, and I guess it's going to be larger men can will realize, okay, no, you can stand up and say, that didn't happen. That's not true. And and fight it, you know? Well, it cost him probably $6 million in well, legal fees. He cheap. lost, I don't think it's cheap, he lost but... over in London on the same evidence. I mean, the fact that the judge who they say. Well, one was a judge, just a judge. This was a jury. Yeah, well, to believe Amber Heard, and he did. I mean, he said he, he believed 12 instances of smash abuse. He believed four times in which uh, she was in fear of her life. No one who watched that trial believes any of that. They just just don't anymore. You know, the Rittenhouse trial is another one I, I was fascinated by. Um, and, you know, I had no strong opinion whether Rittenhouse was a vicious, racist killer or, or a kid who just got in bad circumstances. Uh, after you watched the trial, I don't think anybody thought he should be convicted. And right. everybody thought the uh, the. Uh, the verdict was was absolutely Fair. valid. All the people who didn't watch the one said, you know, well, they're people they got away. So. The left just they just weaponize everything, right? They don't right. care about the facts, right? They don't care that Johnny Depp's life was destroyed. The Washington no. Post, you know, based on zero evidence, they're letting Amber Heard just make these claims of sexual abuse and, and violence. The ACLU well, because they want ambassador. money from her. Yeah. She is an ambassador for the ACLU for domestic violence because she's very good at domestic violence. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and the Washington <laughs> Post has another stain on their you know soiled record and the aclu i think also gets uh, an enormous stain on their record why you'd want to give it or money to an organization um that is that biased and, and oh yeah it's become well and this is from karen cataline me too is rather passe these days isn't it when the same people who jumped up and down can no longer define woman at all anymore oh yeah, yeah. uh, you know there you go just getting technical karen if you're the left you just weaponize stuff once again it's my truth that matters right. and in my truth i can just say whatever i want anytime i want and so hopefully this will you know like you said, you listen to this and she just like lied. She made it up. Um, and, and I think the jurors clear, I mean, it, they didn't really for a trial, this complicated, they had like some, you know, 27 questions or something like yeah, that. They right. had to answer. Yeah. It was a complicated jury form for them to deliberate essentially what, not even really two days, you know, is, is, I don't know. I think clearly they didn't believe it. There wasn't a lot of discussion. Well, once again, if you have one juror and that's all it takes, that's the unanimous verdict. And so usually you have to make some compromises and here they, they heard, you know, they, 
filled it out for none. They got back a give or two. You know, we give her, we were giving Johnny 15, 350. So yeah, it's not going to cost him anything. He just gets less. Right. right? And I think these, if I'm a juror, I know you said you wouldn't look at it this way, but I'm like, yeah, these, these are wealthy people. They don't, you know, the the amount of money isn't, but I think what's even more important for Johnny Depp, which I think is really good is he clearly won in the court of public opinion. Um, And I think that is going to do more. He was just saying he lost his life. He lost his ability to earn a living um, because of these false allegations. And, and now that's been shown to be false. People know, I mean, she's the one who's hurting career wise. And I think hopefully he'll be okay. Yeah. But there are such weirdos in Hollywood. It's hard to tell exactly. Well, I'm, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, I have a feeling he'll try to collect that eight and a half million dollars. Right. Uh, his manager stole 600 million from him. So at least. Well, yeah, yeah, I can see Amber Heard. Here's a check, Johnny. Oh, it bounced. Sorry. I'll get back to you Tuesday. This from Stephen Rittenhouse should have never been charged. I he agree. was charged because he used an AR-15 to defend himself a comp- against a couple of dirt bags at a George Floyd riot. I mean, peaceful protest. <laughs> and then from Charlene, woman is whatever you're told it is today. That may change tomorrow. <laughs> um, um, and then she says the brown suit made him look down and out. Um, yeah, just interesting trial. We we don't we have like two seconds before we have Mark on on the Sussman verdict. Um, I think I wish Sussman had gotten convicted because I just think he sh- should have been. On the other hand, though, what I suspect the jurors kind of thought is what that showed is well, the FBI was lying. So, and I think yeah. there was clear it, it wasn't material. They didn't. The, they when didn't they brought care. when they brought in the the agents from Chicago, they kept on asking, "Well, who's the source?" And they wouldn't tell them. They say, well, it's a confidential informant. It was a lie. He's from the DOJ, which was a lie. It's clear. And, and Andrew McCarthy, the former federal prosecutor, wrote an article you can see on Real Clear Politics. He, he said, you know, the FBI was not duped. The FBI right. knew exactly. They, were they knew Sussman was lying. Yeah. Well, I mean, not lying. They, they knew he, they, came he was the making Clinton. it up. Right. Yeah, well, you know, and, and so they didn't care because the guys on the seventh floor, which is the leadership, right. McCabe and Comey, uh, were hot to trot. Um, and it's it really does show the rot at the FBI. And I I am not as troubled by that verdict because I think no, what it, I think it's correct verdict. I mean, I'm, it's sad in the sense that you know it's it's a it was a corrupt process where the judge had all these ties oh, with the, jury, the yeah. jury were all these Clinton donors and stuff. Just shows you that that to the extent that Durham plans to get convictions, he better do it outside of DC. But I think though what he did do. And I'm wondering if this might have been part of his whole thing was he did indeed expose um, the, the Clinton yes, campaign yes, strategy yes, and, and the, yes. the, the coordination between the Clinton campaign, the FBI, yes. Perkins Coy. What did Tucker Carlson say? The FBI. Can you guys believe this has an office in the Perkins Coy law office building? I'm like, what? I'm surprised they didn't have one over at the Clinton. Well, why not, why not just move it on to the DNC? Yeah, right now, yeah. It's like, talk about, you know, being in bed together. Holy cow. So, but I think the Durham trial did do that. Now, you know, it, it allows the corporate media to ignore it, but I think it, to, for people well, they who get are to paying say attention. That, that, yeah, yeah. I mean, there was Chris Gleza from CNN said, this takes a, a dagger into the um, Trump conspiracy. Right, completely ignoring the fact that during the trial, the FBI admitted, th- I mean, they didn't convict him because they knew he was making it up because they were in on him making it up. I mean, that's what the trial revealed, that yeah. there was this depth of collusion and corruption between the Clinton campaign, the DNC, the Department of Justice, the FBI, and the Obama administration. They were all in on it. It was all a hoax. It doesn't put a dagger in it. It proves it, but... 
again, you know, fortunately, nobody's reading those organizations anymore, you know? Well, some people are. <laughs> um, and let's see, when have the Quintons or any Bolshevik Democrat ever been held accountable? Never. Well, there we go. Um, tell me tell again, me again why we, we have, have an FBI. FBI. In order to do, do phony investigations on, on, on garage nooses and and uh, make up Whitmere kidnapping plots. That, that's right. That's right. And and if you if you happen to wander into the Capitol or near the Capitol on January 6th, they can go after you there, too. So that's enough on that. We, there's plenty more to talk about. There's a lot of interesting stuff continuing to come out on that. And I do think it's important to talk about it, um, even though the left would have us not. But I wanted to move to uh, Mark Poff. Um, former, he filled in for us um, last week. Thank you for that, Mark. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, and um, going to actually be filling in for us next Wednesday, too, because we have a Rev Golf match. Um, former law enforcement investigator with El Paso County, um, currently has his own uh, private investigating thing, but wanted to talk to him about this latest Texas shooting. So, Mark, hey, welcome once again. Well, it, it's good to be here again. I'm yeah. still wearing my my CSU. It, it's such a cold day. I woke up this morning and there was snow on the ground on Monument Hill. Oh, we did so not June have first, and we had a, a trace of snow. That's but, because of global warming, Mark. Global warming. But yeah. it's getting colder. Or, well, whatever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, let me open ended. Just yeah. your your just yeah. general thoughts on it. The, the the thing that kind of bothers me is I was on the Lewis Palmer School Board for 12 years. I was the president for multiple terms. And I was on the board during Sandy Hook and Parkland. And so I kind of wanted to go through this because they make it sound as if we keep having all these school shootings and nothing's being done. Right. You know, it's like, oh, here it is happening again. We still haven't done anything. And that is so not true. And the statement that it only happens in the United States. This is the only place that this is a complete and total lie. Right. I think Russia's already had a couple school shootings in, in the last year. So it happens all the time. In fact, the largest school shooting or death happened in the Soviet Union back in 2004. There's about 180 kids that were killed in in one event where some terrorists. Happened in Sweden and in France. Scotland. We were talking to a guy from Scotland talking about. Yeah. So, But but if you keep saying that same narrative, you know, it it never happens here. You know, the Second Amendment is not um, absolute. You couldn't buy a cannon when they wrote that. I think the bottom line is. Actually, I saw on Pawn Stars three or four years ago where they bought a cannon. Yeah. I mean, what a stupid-ass statement that you can't buy. I I bet everybody who wanted a cannon and could afford a cannon back then had a cannon. Right. But but the thing about school districts, because I was on the board, when I first got on the school board, we were currently building Palmer Ridge High School. And that was one of the first schools in the state that was built after Columbine. Okay. And it's the same thing with after the, the 9-11 shooting, you know, new airports or airports were redesigned because of right. 9-11. It's the same thing with schools. So what we have at Palmer Ridge, if you looked at our two high schools, you have Lewis Palmer and then you have Palmer Ridge. Lewis Palmer is one big, huge, massive building that has everything together. Then you go look at Palmer Ridge, and I don't want to say too much because it's still a security issue. You have the academic wing. And then you have the arts and athletic wing and you have a bridge. And, and some people actually said something saying, you know, why did we pay all that money for a bridge in between these two separate buildings? You know, you're, you're wasting taxpayer dollars. What they don't understand is there's basically an emergency button that could be hit, hit by security that would lock that um, bridge ah. down. 
So if, if you had an active shooter in one of the two wings, at least you would save those in the other wing. And another thing that that comes up in school districts or in schools is they have the double doors, the vestibule. Every school, it's my understanding now, we were really working towards this when I retired. We wanted every school to have these double doors where the outer ones are not locked and the inner ones are. Right. And if somebody comes in, then you have to talk with security right. who would then buzz you through the second so, um, right. series of doors. And if something went bad, again, they could hit a button and lock all the doors down and stick them in that area, right? which is really putting themselves at, at massive risk because they're the ones there with them to get shot. Right. But, Put it behind know, bulletproof. Are- but you're, well, no, you're right. I mean, that's all of these things. You're, you're right. That I know I look at, at our son's school and that's exactly what it is. There's one point of entry yes. um, and everything else is locked. I don't even think you can prop a door open without an alarm going off. Right. Well, well, that's another thing. And they've got- we alarmed all the doors. So if somebody right. left the door open for so long, it would alarm back to security. They could click to that camera Right. And then they could say, wait a minute, somebody propped that door open and then they could go send a security person to secure it. Well, right. but no matter what the system I mean, over Rev School, they did a great job. But one day I was over there and trying to find Rev and, and I couldn't. So so I just jimmy the door a little, went right back open and I went. I mean, it was no, but that was after school hours, though. So. <laughs> well, no, it wasn't. It was to pick Rev up. So it wasn't well, after school well, hours. Well, here's another problem with that kind of going along with what you're saying, Chuck, is the worst thing we could ever do is put a great big sign in front of all our schools that say gun-free zone. Oh. Yes. I mean, it's like, why don't we put a sign up that says soft target, shoot yes. here. Yeah. Right. yeah. And at, at Lewis Palmer, one of the things that we did after Sandy Hook is we actually hired our own armed security. We, we got our own head of security and we started bringing in armed security and they um, were concealed carry. So they were not out open carrying weapons because who do you shoot? You shoot the one that has a weapon on his side. So you want to kind of hide. Right. And we would not tell anybody in our schools what staff was armed and what staff was not armed. Right. And I actually had a huge liberal call me up and just go freaking bat. Can't say that crazy. And I, she goes, I want a list of every person in the school that my kid goes to that's armed. No, I'm like, not going to happen. Right. That's not how security works. So there has been a lot done since, you know, Columbine, Sandy Hook, and, and even after Parkland, they, they're trying to do stuff. But the problem is you get politicians involved yes. that just screw the whole thing up. Right. Obviously, the shooting down in Texas was a complete cluster. Yes. One of the big things that came from Columbine, and I know this because I was in law enforcement, so I know this. Back with Columbine, it is secure and negotiate. Right. And that, that was before Columbine. Lives. Right. Right. So right. then they had to come up with this new strategy. And, and I know for even as a detective, once a year, I had to go through active shooter training. And it basically the rule was the first two people that get there that are in law enforcement go in. And we were all a lot of us were provided AR-15s, body armor. what So we could actually go in and make it a fair fight. Before right. Columbine, most cops just had handguns. And actually, right. it had to do with the armed robbery in California as well. But then they started putting right. assault right. rifles. I, I hate to use that term, but it, it's so generically accepted. They gave us weapons, you know, and we carried them and we'd go in with that. Actually, active shooters changed. Yeah. Just in the last couple of years, it's now first person. 
Right. Don't I saw the Aurora police chief, the Aurora <laughs> police chief, just the, well, the new, the interim chief Oates, who was the chief during the Aurora theater shooting after Vanessa got fired, et cetera, et cetera. Um, or, um, he, I was reading clarified. He said, you know what? Our policy, given what just happened in Texas is not clear enough. And it said the first solo officer, solo or otherwise in uniform or otherwise, not only should go in, but shall go in, has to go in immediately. There's no even way to threat because they know from history, if you confront the threat, now they change it. There was a big church shooting down here. And, And what's sad to say is our churches are probably more secure than our schools are right now. Right. Um, but the big, um, I want to say new life. Right. If I remember, right, it's just right down the street from here. In great church. Right. Um, they had an active shooter come in. He killed a, a couple or three people in the parking lot. Soon as he came in, he was confronted by armed security and one of them shot him in the ankle. Right. I mean, it was a bad shot, <laughs> but it stopped the threat. Now he's right. thinking, crap, I just got shot. Right. And it changes everything. And, and I can't even fathom in this last shooting, how can you sit? You know, I think of this being a cop for 17 years. How can you sit there and not kick that door in? Or do I, I, I don't really care what the chief of police would have said to me. Right. My response would, or my thought process, I hope, would have been, you know what? He's that dumbass isn't here. You, you know, he's sitting right. back wherever calling shots and, and you know, and. All this stuff is going to come out. Everybody is in sympathy mode right now. Yeah. And, and we still, and every day we learn something new or something changing. And we, it's confusing and something's changing. Right. Close. Everything's changing. In time, we'll get to the truth. But as soon as that sympathy, and I, I hate to say this, when the funerals are over. That's after true. After the parents are done sympathize, you know, for their kids, they're going to get pissed. And they're probably pissed right now. And the lawsuits are going to come out. And it's just going to be a, a, a complete cluster. And and to make things even worse, that idiot Joe Biden has got his department of. Yeah, I shouldn't be calling our president that. No, no, I'm just that but, wasn't my saying. I'm like agreeing. But the Department of Justice has now said they're going to investigate. Oh, because that'll clear things up. Yeah, because well, they're because such somebody, an expert. This is make- the same people who ran the Afghanistan exit <laughs> strategy that got all those people killed. And they're going to tell, I mean, if there's a gas prices, you're right. Yeah. yeah, It's like that. that, If there's a place that can make this right, it's Texas. Right. Well, well, here's my, my big problem. It's been my problem from the beginning. You know, the idea of having armed security is fine, but this is a perfect example. They had four officers who were dedicated. That, That was all they did was provide security. Um, for it. And the chief was the chief of this four man, uh, group. Oh, the school uh, the person police who, force, right? The school yeah. police force. And where were they? Um, and yeah. where were they? Well, he quickly came in a second after two minutes, three minutes after thing, and quickly went what's called the Broward County response, which is you head the hell out of there before you get shot. Um, right. and, and, and it's, is is you know, and so just having armed security doesn't do you enough. And having the teachers armed um, does because those guys are going to shoot because they're going to get shot. And so there's always going to be the Broward County know. counties. There's always, okay. This chief was, was so, you know, beloved. He was elected to the city council, except that's not who yesterday. you need when, when people are firing, you need somebody else. And if you're a teacher there and you've taken training and everything else, and somebody comes in with a gun, you're going to fire back. 
out and of self-defense. It's just yes. like, why would a pilot wreck a plane? Cause he doesn't want, you know, not right. wreck a plane because he doesn't want to die in the crash. Right. I actually, and, and Chuck will, we may agree to disagree or whatever. Um, I did not want to arm teachers, but let me explain why. I think you'll be with me on this. I wanted to arm staff, but not why? teachers. And this is what I was willing to agree to was a lot of staff and not not so many teachers, but some teachers. And, and if these teachers qualified, if they were retired military or had training, we actually had some staff on our um, school district that were currently in the reserves and, right. and actually going to Afghanistan and Iraq and fighting. Who better to arm th- than staff? And, and they're not focused on the classroom. I, my worst nightmare was a teacher has a sidearm strapped on and a student takes it from them. And they're well, not properly trained. Teachers. I, I think that's what we just well, people there, like, there are people there who, who really are in danger themselves. Self-defense is amazing motivator. It's a wonderful thing. Um, and, and just having officers who can be there, not be there, you know, in Broward County, once again, doesn't mean they're going to do anything. But if you have, you have a larger number, so because this was kind of the worst case scenario where they knew he was out there. They were calling in as he breached the, the school. The school did have locked doors, but this door apparently wasn't locked. She we'll closed get to the it, truth it of that. Right. Um, and so you had everything except you had a cowardly uh, well, a head of security who had just taken active shooting class um, uh, with him. And, and he knew the rules. He also knew the the law of the jungle. And he said, screw you. Well, and that's what I want to ask you about, Mark, because there has been all of this focus uh, from the left on, you know, we need to make sure that our police officers are using the right pronouns and that our police officers are not (laughs) harassing the diverse diversity within our community. I mean, the focus is on all of that. I would submit to you that it takes a certain kind of person and mindset who says when push comes to shove, I will on my own, run into the school and save those kids' lives, even though it might cost me my own. That takes a certain mentality. And when your whole focus is on having somebody who just makes sure they use the right pronoun and that we have like the pregnant, their tampons in the men's restroom at the police departments, that kind of thing. I think you're, you're, you're recruiting the kind of people who don't do that, who don't do what they need to do. They're two different mindsets sometimes, I think. Well, isn't it, I think the army was um, advertising for, for a while, you know, we want people that are willing to run towards the chaos yeah. or, or, you know, go towards, because yeah. you know, typically when you hear gunfire, you want to go the other way, right. yeah. you know, but in this situation, you, you want individuals that have that mindset and you, you never know um, years ago on, on actual on nine 11, on the nine 11, I had a guy pull an assault rifle on me. And, and you really don't know how you're going to respond to a high stress scenario until it happens to you. I mean, right. anyone who says, oh, hell yeah, I'm going to go in there. It's like, you know, I'm not sure I believe you till it actually happens. And I ended up taking it, the weapon from him hand to hand, you know, which kind of confused me. Like he had it one second and then I had it the next. And it's like, OK, now what? You know, and so I'd like to think in that scenario that I without hesitation would have run in. I, I can't even fathom how you can sit on the other side of a door for 40 minutes. Or, right. And right. we're going to get to the truth. You know, we're getting all this propaganda BS right now. When we get to the truth, I mean, they're all should be fired, obviously. 
Right. And, and this guy, why did he really want to get sworn in last night in hiding? No, real fast. Well, yeah, exactly. Real, real fast. Well, you know, because I mean, I know the, the cover up's already beginning, but yes, you do. Yeah. And, and the thing is, you hire to the lowest common denominator. And, and when you're hiring individuals and, and you're chastising them, well, you, you called me him, her, whatever, you know, all this politically correct stuff. We, you don't want cops going around just beating the hell out of everybody. We, we get that. And cops don't do that. Right. But you do have to have the mindset of in this situation of running into a school, that SRO down in Florida set a precedence that is just inconceivable of, you know, I'm not going to go in. Right. You know, it's like, well, well sorry, Sap, this, this, you signed up for this. Right. That's your job. You yeah. got paid for 10 years based on that you were willing to run in there, you know, when, when it happens to you. And I really want to get to all the truth. I'm really pissed off that the feds are getting involved. They need to stay oh, there all out of it. Yes. I mean, it's really none of their concern. And they're, they're trying to say, and the media is backing them on this a little bit, that this is a national security issue. This is well, not a national. Is. I, I mean, YouTube well, is well, a that's true. Everything yeah. is. Well, if you really want to focus on a national security, then freaking seal up the seal up the border. Well, you that's know, because they want to start banning people from saying stuff about it, right? They well, want you, you, just like COVID, any day now, if you criticize something or push a narrative about the school shootings that they don't want you to have, like maybe being in support of the Second Amendment, you know, they're going to ban Lauren Boebert because it's a national or security NRA issue. members will fire. Right. right. But, but, and, and also one thing I, I definitely want to, I want to make sure that I say this, right off the bat when Joe Biden gets back to the White House, and he says his stupid little speech that night. He says, when are we going to get a backbone to go against the lobbyists? So he, he makes this big deal. He didn't say after gun owners. He didn't right. say after Americans who want to carry assault rifles. He said after the lobbyists, because he knows that there's tons of Democrats right. that have weapons. And, right. and then he mentions the nine millimeter. And I'm sure they pulled him into a oh, backbone. Oh, they're already state. saying that. For he didn't God's mean sake, that. Don't yeah. say anything about nine millimeters because that's all the Democrats own are nine millimeter oh, yeah. handguns. Right. right. Well, you know, I would well, say it's not, like, it's not a powerful round. It's a fairly light round. And all of a sudden he, it'll blow your lung caliber. out. Anything will blow. Yeah, <laughs> he doesn't know what he doesn't no. know what a high caliber is. He needs to look at a 30 out six if he wants to talk <laughs> about high caliber. In fact, I made I used to make fun of nine millimeters because all real cops carry 40 calibers. But you know. It's not a high caliber round. I mean, he's so obviously clueless about what he's talking about. If you asked me something about diesel engines, I'd say I'm not an expert on diesel engines. You know, the problem is the federal government under Joe Biden's leadership thinks they're experts in everything. And well, they are. Well, the facts don't matter. Well, you, well got- you can have Pete Buttigieg in charge of transportation. Oh, and, he, and he gave his thing that he and his husband used to go down and watch the trains. Yeah, and you go, well, okay. That's, You're that's an expert. That qualifies me. You're an expert. Yeah. Well, you know, and one thing I, because I've been thinking, obviously, I've covered school shootings. I've been at them and, and I've thought a lot about it. And to me, it kind of comes down to this is I think, you know, there is evil in the world and the yes. evil slips in the cracks. And we need to always make sure whether the cracks are in, if you hear a kid saying you want to shoot up a school, maybe say something about it. The cracks are in, don't leave the door propped open. The cracks are in, harden the target. We can sh- and shore up the cracks, right? And it's not that you just, you feel one crack, well, then evil is evil. It's going to find another crack well, uh, and, try, and try to come in. But I would argue that the Democrats, they know all this, but they, they would rather... 
to them, it's a war. And in war, there are casualties. And I think that to them, the issue and being able to keep this problem up there so they can fundraise off of it and they can fire people off off of it matters more to them than combating the evil that is behind it. That's what I worry about. Another thing about, you know, my, my problem with having a school resource officer being, you know, they have backup generators in most schools. Why? Because the generator goes. So you better have plan B if plan A ain't there. And they had no plan B. They had a four-man police force and a police chief who wanted to go, oh, it's a barricade situation. Um, And then everybody else was just there to die. And and that can't be the plan B. Right. And and you're exactly right, Chuck. I I mean, I I think, you know, arming staff at schools is, is a smart thing. Having weapons lockers, at school. Yeah. yeah. We talked about that where certain in, all the individuals that have the training have the code, you know, a real quick right. little code right. and they can get to weapons. But the bottom line is, is they always say it, it's kind of like that show, the weakest link, yeah. you know, I guarantee you the staff member and, and I haven't heard her name or his name or, or whatever who propped the door open. They know the door was propped open at some point. Right. And, and she says, I always look for the inconsistencies in the statement. And the statement was, is that that person actually saw the shooter coming for the door and they ran, you right. know, to go tell people. I think the first thing I would do is, hey, I wonder if this door's locked. Yeah. You know, and she just the door closed locked? it and assumed you know? it was going to lock. I, yeah. There's something. Well, and then now everybody's lawyering up, right? They say right. the police, exactly. they're, not, they're not talking to that, cooperating. And it's like, well, I wouldn't cooperate with the Department of Justice either, frankly. Yeah, and You got that right. But I think, you know, because we got to wrap it up here, but I think like what you said is, is, you know, when they say, oh, there's only happens, there's so much about this that are lies. We know what to do. We just need to get the politicians out of the way to make them quit weaponizing this and go ahead. Can we keep other places safe? Right. We get the Denver Broncos. The avalanche game was safe last night. You know, we right. know what to do. We just need to do it. Right. And, and, and unfortunately, I think and I think this goes along kind of what you were saying earlier. The Democrats. They want to destroy our country so they can rebuild yes. it as a socialist country. Right. And so they have to let it get into this. They want to nationalize everything. I right. remember after 9-11, we got TSA, we got air marshals, all this other stuff. Oh. Don't be surprised after this DOJ investigation that they want to create some national S- yeah, SRO yeah, process yeah. where they control all the school resource officers yeah, and dictate the security of all schools because we know perfect. how to do it better. Perfect. Right, right. Well, Mark, thank you. Thanks As for coming always, on. Yeah, you are great. great. Thank You're you. Great. We appreciate it. Hey, guys, thank you to everybody on Zoom. There's been great comments there. Remember, you can catch all of our shows later and all the links to all of the podcast sites, Rumble and everything at chuckandjulie.com. And Mark will be back next Wednesday. Mark so will be good. back next Wednesday. On Friday, we have Mark Barrington coming on the show. Yep, yep. And, and then on Monday, Laurel, I mean, we've got a ton of stuff coming up. So um, we will see you all later. Mark, thank you. Thank you to the great guys at BBS. Stay, stay warm warm down there. Yes. <laughs> <Freezing>. <laughs> we'll see you all um, on Friday. Bye Party bye. Friday. Party Friday.